0: This is the St. Long Chinas' Baptism Podcast channel. This is episode number 52. Um, this seems to be a thing going on right now with me. that um, The topic that I've written down is way too long for a title. So after the prayer, uh, I will give you a general gist of what the topic is going to be. And then when I think of a, a proper title, I'll put it on there. So, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I am. Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. So, the topic I had written down and before I go any further, I just want to thank, bless and exalt Mother Mary and Lord Jesus, because they were very generous in giving me a lot of topics um, to cover. And they all came pretty much over the span of, i say, at least a couple of days. Um, But the topic of this particular episode is how you shouldn't let personal considerations interfere with your relationship with God's truth. So when I say God's truth, anyone with any kind of oh, I don't know, understanding of the nature of God, understands that God is true. Jesus Christ, let me, let me, you know, we tend to use the word God. We probably should just use the word Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is truth itself. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some 300 IQ takers out there saying, well, no, duh. Well, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, I would put a five spot that the people that are saying no, duh, have no clue about what I'm about ready to say or what I'm going to cover in this podcast and by the way what i'm about ready to talk about this is not me myself being a 300 IQ genius this is not uh not you know what i'm about ready to cover is is my take on god's god being truth it's or i'm sorry jesus christ being Um, truth itself. This is everything that I've learned about pre-Vatican II Catholic teaching on Jesus Christ being truth itself. Now I have covered this tangentially in a previous episode. I have covered this tangentially. However, having said that, um, I thought that I would try to give it a slightly, a slightly more, um, a slightly more detailed explanation. I referenced the, in one of my previous episodes, I referenced the, I can't, I don't remember the chapter and verse in the Gospel According to St. John, where Jesus is talking to Samaritan woman, And he's basically telling her that there will come a day when all people will worship God in spirit and in truth. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it's one of my spiritual keystones. And I know I've done a... uh, uh, an episode based on that scripture alone. But this is not about that particular episode. Or I'm sorry. Uh, scriptural reading. Now. To those of you guys who are saying. Well no duh. God is. Uh, Jesus Christ is the truth itself. Well I want to ask you something. Just using what the set of a or what I call the serious Catholics call your natural reasoning skills. I want to ask you a question and I'm not being ironic. I'm not being uh, edgy. I'm not being facetious. This is an actual question. And I, I want you to consider this point. Is there only one truth? Or is it is it broken down into two aspects? The first aspect being that you just worship God however you want to, or I'm sorry, well, yeah, worship Jesus Christ however you want to, and follow whatever you think his truth is. Or. Do you follow. um, On, you know, on. Uh, critically. What you have either been taught or what you think is. God's. Or oh, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. Single truth. And what I mean by single truth is, a lot of set of contests are fond of saying, "There's only one truth. There's no not forty thousand different branches of it." Um. But I want to take it a little more deeper than that and ask um, Jesus, when he was talking to the Jews, he told them He said, narrow is the way And broad is the path that leads to destruction Not a lot of people take that at surface value Because present day and age well, I think since the advent of the Protestant Revolt, it's always been that way. But anyway, what he's talking about there is, you know, if you take it in conjunction with the spirit and truth, um, Jesus did not say, Oh hey, you know, just worship me however you think I am. You know, just do what you think is right. And he also did not say that um that him being the uh, the truth itself And he literally said that about himself that, well, um, you know, uh, I was, uh, I wasn't being literal when I said that I'm the truth itself and, you know, just do what you want. I think I kind of just said the same thing twice My point in saying this is, is that Jesus Christ is one person within the, the blessed Trinity, of course, but he's one person. Therefore, there's one truth. Now, before I get somebody, you know, um, talking about, um, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. First of all, I had this understanding coming completely ignorant of Christianity when I became a Protestant. My first cold reading of the New Testament, when when he made that statement about narrow being the way, I made the connection that there's only one Jesus. Therefore, there can only be one truth. My problem once I made that realization was finding out, okay, which truth? There's 40,000 different Protestants. There's the Eastern Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, um, or whatever they're calling themselves. And then there's the, you know, what I thought was the Catholic Church. That was my conundrum. Because whether you like it or not, if there is one Jesus and he is truth itself, then there is only one truth. And because Jesus Christ is truth itself, because you yourself are not Jesus Christ, you should not presume to um. To just. uh, uh, Freelance. You know. um, Your beliefs. And say that they are Jesus's. You know. And. Before I go any further. It is a historical fact. And I don't care. What kind of autist tries to argue the point. To the uh, opposite. Prior. Prior to the Protestant Revolt in the 1500s. And if you want to go a little farther back from the Protestant Revolt, before the Orthodox Schism, and I think it was 1092, there was only one church. Now, for those of you who know your church history, there were heretics... (laughs) but eventually the truth won out so just using the historical facts at hand there was only one church there wasn't 40,000 of them and you did not you did not get to make things up as you went along you were taught a objective truth when I say objective, I mean it never changes. What is true at the time of Jesus' ascension is true in a hundred AD, fifteen hundred AD, eighteen hundred AD, and twenty twenty-two. It never changes. It's not what, well, um, oh, it's present era, so X or Well, I don't believe in that, so I don't have to listen to that. I mean, obviously, with the Protestant heresy running around, a lot of people are of that mindset. And out of ignorance, they claim that they love Jesus Christ. Well, how are you going to claim that you love Jesus Christ who is truth itself and not follow that truth. And this is going to go into what the, the topic of the uh episode is about. So, by the way, every heresy is a subjectionist, uh, I'm sorry, subjective take. On the true or Jesus Christ and his church, the Catholic Church, and its objective truth. Now, when I say subjective, just you can use whatever terminology you want to. Um, I'm trying to think of the the the, the term that was popular, like about a decade ago uh oh moral relativism you can call it moral relativism relativism you can call it whatever you want to but at the end of the day um subjectivism is basically um what are called in some quarters um let me think um, Situational ethics Thank you Lord Jesus Situational ethics In other words Well what might have been true in 100 AD Isn't true in 300 AD And what's true in 300 AD Isn't true in 1000 AD And so on and so forth That's subjectivism There's no fixed truth There's no fixed principles There's no fixed dogma And I God has given me the grace to be charitable with people who 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 make the cognitive dissident claim, well, yes, I love Jesus Christ, but um I'm gonna go my own way. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to to do. What he outlines. You know, I'm not going to do what he said in the Gospels or what was written by his apostles. I'm just going to follow whatever I feel is right or what my preachers teach me. I I actually understand how, how they think like that. I do. So this is not me you know, wagging a finger in your face. I do understand it and how this can happen. And before I go any further, I want to make it clear to the Protestants who may listen or to the Vatican II sect members who may listen and tell you all that I started out as a Protestant and I moved to Vatican II sect because I thought that that was the actual Catholic Church. I mean, they've done a good job of hiding... The fact that they're literally, I, I, I like to make this this statement, they're literally Protestants LARPing as Catholics. I'm talking about the Vatican II sect. And that these preachers that write and rail about the Catholic Church, um, they're so ignorant of theology. They don't realize they have more in common with the Vatican II sect than they would ever have in common with serious Catholic Slash, set of contests. Now, <clears throat> um, one of the things, and by the way, I talk about this in several of my episodes about Protestantism. That they're one of the reasons I had to leave Protestantism was because when I was looking at some of the belief systems that different what what are known as denominations or what are, what are called denominations, um, I call them sects because that's what uh the the pre Vatican II ch- Catholic Church called them was sex was that the basis of Martin Luther's theology, which is what all Protestant denominations, and I don't care if you say, well non denominational brah. Well, if you believe in Bible alone, if you believe all uh, in faith alone, and if you believe that every believer is entitled to his own truth, you know, um, you can deny it all you want to. You, you can call it non-denominationalism all you want to. Your theology is based on what Luther taught during the reformation so you take that for what it's worth but one of the things that drove me away from protestantism was I'm noticing and I'm just trying to be a good protestant um, that okay if we're and this this was like I said I came into this cold so I was ignorant of a lot of stuff even though I was doing a lot of reading that if we're going Bible alone different denominations are denying different aspects of what's in the Bible itself. Okay, they're denying what's in the Bible. Some of them, you know. Um, I, I talked in an earlier episode how Protestants were getting their panties in a wad about the Episcopalians ordaining a gay bishop. By the way, Vatican II's been doing that for years, but I digress. Um And my thought at the time was, okay, well, if we have interpret the Bible as you will, and faith alone, them ordaining a gay bishop is just them following their interpretation of the Bible and following their faith. Now with with the I I do realize I use the term panties in the knot, meaning that you know, generally in the American context, when we say this, they're they're getting all excited about nothing. It is something, because obviously the old testament and the new testament speak out against homosexuality. That's that's not my point in saying that. What I'm saying is is that if you're going to pick and choose out of the Bible what you're going to practice and what you're going to believe, this is the natural end result of that. To where you have 40,000 different sects, each practicing their version of what they think Christianity is. Which brings me back to... God is our maker. We are not God's maker. Therefore, we follow the truth that he has revealed to us. We don't get to, you know, we don't get to make up our own belief system. And we don't get to, you know, um, have an opinion on that. You're either a true, uh, a true Christian which, in this case, is uh, pre-Vatican II Catholics, or you don't believe anything at all, because if you're not conforming yourself to God's truth, then you're 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 not. You're not following him. You're not one of his followers. And Jesus talked about, speaking of that, in the book of uh, the gospel according to St. John, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And my sheep do not recognize the voice of a hireling. In other words, a person who... um. They don't, they don't, you know, they're getting paid either way. So if if some of the sheep get ripped apart by wild dogs or stolen by robbers or whatever, they don't care. It's not their responsibility. You know, I mean, they might get fired for being a bad shepherd, but other than that, you know, to, to, to a hireling, he'll go on and find another job. And there's more to it than that, but I'm 25 minutes in and uh, I want to get to the crux of the issue. The crux of the issue is, is personal considerations should not interfere with your relationship with God's truth. What do I mean by this? Well, the Vatican II sect is the easiest because there is an out and out heretic that even a Protestant in the pew could recognize as a heretic, even though they're heretics themselves, but I digress. And for personal considerations, the people of the Vatican II sect refuse to question the circumstances that they're under. There are blasphemies, um, heresies, and uh, sacrilegious stuff going on on a daily basis. But because of personal considerations, they, 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 they stay with it, even though they know that it's wrong. And they rationalize it. That's the biggest problem nowadays is people rationalize bad behavior because they don't want to confront the ugly truth. Now, when I say personal considerations, it may be, maybe you're working as a Vatican II, I don't know, You're, you're somehow connected with a Vatican II sect, family members, If your family members are a part of that heresy and you don't want to separate yourself from them because you know that if if you became a true Catholic that it would cause grief and heartache between you, there's that. There's social status. You know, oh, well... Everybody calls said of a contest trailer park popes and trailer park trash and morons and all this and if I become a part of them I'll get labeled that. Basically. Uh, um peer pressure. Um There's a personal consideration that you could be married to somebody who's really wedded to the the heresy of Vatican II and they say that they're going to divorce you and take the kids if you become a set of a contest. There's a lot of personal considerations. Um, the time it takes to research the issues involved. It takes actual work, you know. So um, it's easier to go along with the program than to sacrifice the time to whatever secular thing that you're doing, I don't know, politics, sports ball, movies, whatever, it's, it's easier to go along with the program than spend the time you would normally spend on your hobbies researching and finding out if this is a true, if this is God's truth, revealed truth, or if it isn't. There's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect of because the Vatican II sect is a bunch of Protestants LARPing as Catholics and I'm going to do a a future episode on this subject a lot of Protestants have no issue making the jump because there's basically very little difference between the two. But there's a consideration that well, one if, let's just say you're one of the rare people who actually does the research and you realize that this is the truth as God has revealed it to it to, to humanity, and that the Vatican II is a bunch of um, is a bunch of heretics masquerading as Catholics then the the act of practicing your faith itself becomes more difficult. And anybody who's ever tried to practice true Catholicism will tell you it's going to be, if you're trying to do it sincerely and with a good faith effort, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. Because we're human and we're natural. We're not spiritual. And everything that the uh, true Catholic Church asks of us goes against our nature. But I want to get into that particular aspect. I'm just saying that the personal consideration for a lot of people, outweigh God's truth. And basically, what it boils down to is it's easier to go with the flow and not think about the repercussions of doing that and... not thinking about the repercussions. Now, for my closing remark, because I think I've basically covered everything, um, if you are sincere and making a good faith effort to to understanding that God only has one truth, one church that he founded. And he's only got, um, because there's only one church, it can only be their dogma and getting closer to God uh, but as I never get tired of telling my set of a contest, comrades, having the right doctrine is not enough. Um, you you got to go beyond having the right doctrine. You've got to put your faith into practice. If you are making a good faith effort and you're sincere, then if you are having personal considerations that are holding you back from doing what is expected of you and this is expected of you you know um that's why jesus said carry your cross and follow me he didn't say carry your air mattress and follow me he said carry your cross if there are personal considerations that are keeping you from following where your, your, um, your good faith and your sincerity are leading you in the same sincere fashion and in the same good faith, ask God to lead you to the truth. Because he knows you at the end of the day. And I will make this caveat, I will, that you could still have a good faith. You could still have a, uh, or you could be making a good faith effort and you can be sincere in your intentions. But because the human soul Is deeper than we realize. There's going to be a lot of trash. That's hidden inside your soul. That until you start actually. Living a spiritual life in truth. And in spirit. You're going to be unaware of. But that's not to say. That God will not give you the grace. To get to where you need to go. You only have to have. The will and the courage and the fortitude to go where that truth leads you. So um, in the past couple of episodes, I've forgotten to, to say this. I truly and hopefully. I'm sorry. I truly hope and pray that whoever listens to this gets something out of it. I truly do. And take it for what it's worth. I'm praying for everybody and I'm uh, would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But in order to receive grace, we have to be willing to accept what comes with that grace. And for those of you uh, who think that for whatever reason, you know, you you think I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm talking out my butt. If you gave me thirty-five minutes of your time, I don't care. <laughs> you gave me your time. I'm gonna. I'm gonna thank you for it. You don't have to agree with me. Lord willing, hopefully you'll change your mind later on and realize that you know there there there's a lot of truth in what God is putting into me. But um. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.